Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Great stuff. Now, you know you, you shouldn't just get a dog for Christmas. We know that, don't we? A dog's not just for, for Christmas. My wife, Zoe, always wants me to get her a dog. Not just for Christmas, but for any time. She wants me to get a dog. It's a particular kind of dog. It's a sausage dog. And the reason is we used to have a dog, a sausage dog called Tara. That's the reason why Zoe really wants us to have another one. And it's also the reason I don't want another one. Because the thing is with Tara, she was lovely, but she never knew when to stop, never knew when to stop eating. She just didn't have an off button. So she would go to somebody's house, she'd find the chocolates. She was had an incredible sense of smell. She would go and she would find the chocolates and she'd eat all the chocolates. She ate, she ate all your chocolates, didn't she? John and Leslie were at their house. They, she came out with like bits of wrapping paper hanging out of her mouth, looking all guilty, like, I, but also like, no. But she was huge, and she just would not stop eating. She never, I don't know if you've ever had an animal like that, you kind of know what I mean by that. But we used to have to put a sign around her neck at parties that she didn't, obviously dogs can't read, which is good. She would have this sign that said, don't feed me, and she'd go around going. <laughs> but people would read the sign. So, I don't know if you've ever had an animal like that, but we've been in this short series in the run-up to Christmas called All About a Christmas Carol. And it's about a great story about how Scrooge changed, even though he was somebody who didn't want to change. He was kind of confronted with his past and his present and how he needed to change now if he was ever going to have a different kind of a future. And the change that was needed wasn't like my glorious costume change. Oh yeah, this is what you call an extrovert's Christmas dream. It, this was like a change from the inside out that changes everything. Because, you know, just changing the outside, people try and do that, maybe even try and do that at Christmas more, but it doesn't change the inside. What's Christmas really meant to be celebrating? One verse from the Bible sums it up for me. This is how the first believers understood what was taking place that first Christmas, when God's Son left all the glories and splendor and riches of heaven and came down to be born to, among poor people in the poorest conditions, part of a despised people, a race that was, uh, that was under the oppression, that was, uh, then he had to go and become even poorer and become a refugee for a time because, and then he became homeless at one point because he said, I've got nowhere even to lay my head. Jesus understood all of those things. And this is what they summed it up. They said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, say for my sake, for your sake, he became poor so that you through his poverty, might become rich. And this isn't rich like we all get a Rolls Royce and we all get whatever we want and new jewelry and diamond necklaces. This is a different kind of rich. This is like, you might have heard the phrase, the new rich. Well, this is a new kind of rich that only comes through Jesus Christ. And, and I've actually found that some of the people who might have the most in terms of material things, they aren't necessarily the happiest people. Is that true? 
Whereas I've, I've also known people who've got a lot less materially, but because they are generous people and because they're grateful people, they're also really happy people. Because they're happy with what they've got and they're happy to be able to share it. So, and I wonder, does anybody else think it's a bit strange that 2,000 years on from that happening, from Jesus leaving riches to become poor for us, giving it all away, if you like, the, the way that we celebrate Christmas is we try and go and get more and more and more and more and more for ourselves. It's something a bit twisted. Something got a bit bent out of shape along the way, if that's what it becomes about. Research on 2,000 Britons that they've just done said you'd have to run two marathons to run off Christmas dinner. That's because the average person eats 5,373 calories on Christmas Day alone. That's three times the recommended daily allowance for a woman and twice the recommended daily allowance for a man because we get to eat a bit more. It's equivalent to 10 Big Macs or 26 Krispy Kreme donuts. That's what generally gets eaten. Don't look at somebody else, I'm talking to you. So no wonder, on average, people put on four pounds, 1.8 kilograms over Christmas, between Christmas and New Year. And it takes till Easter to undo all of that damage. We, you know why? Because we haven't learned to say enough. And I know what it's like. I, I'm not good. There's certain things I'm not good at saying enough to. Certain foods, for instance, I'm pre-programmed to say, yes, please, I want more. And his Christmas cake is one of them. I'll always have another slice of Christmas cake. I love Christmas cake. There's something about it. It's, it's wired into me. But it actually goes deeper than food, doesn't it? We have a disease of more, and it can be triggered by more clothes, more toys, more entertainment, more cars, more drink, more whatever it is. And I can get into drift into a kind of infinitely expanding lifestyle, if you like, but that can do something inside of me negatively. No matter what the advertisers want us to believe, the more you get, the better your life doesn't necessarily get. You see, you won't find this proverb in a cracker, but it is a cracker. And it's straight out of the book of Proverbs. Here's what it says. Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, the world of the generous gets what? Is it up on the screen? The world of the generous gets? The world of the stingy gets? And the one who blesses others will themselves be abundantly blessed. That's the lesson that Scrooge had to learn. And he only would learn it the hard way. But we can learn from his story that the, when you learn to give you really learn to live. See, he, he was shown his past. He was confronted with his past. And the way that his grasping and grabbing just led to a very small, lonely world where he was sitting in his counting house, just holding on to the things that he got, getting more and more miserable. Because when you're all wrapped up in yourself, you make a very small package. And he was confronted with a world of need as well. But he wasn't a generous person. He, he, he actually said at one point in the book, he says, well, why don't they just let them die to decrease the surplus population? That was his view. Why don't the poor people just die rather than doing anything to help them himself? 
But that was confronted when he realised that this meant Tiny Tim. This actually comes down to people, not just numbers. And of course, Jesus didn't just talk about money, but he did talk about money. And when he talks about giving, he always would include money in that. And so we should too. Jesus said, actually, your your, a great attitude indicator of what's really going on in your life is what you do with your money. Jesus never said money's bad. He never said that. He never said, don't enjoy the blessings that God has given you. He, in fact, money is neither good or bad. It's up to you what you do with it. The same money you can take and you can buy drugs with it or you can help somebody with it, can't you? Exactly the same. It's about the choice that you make over every penny, every pound that you get. And then Jesus said, this is what Jesus actually said to sum it up. He said, it's better to give than to receive. Literally, a giver is happier than a getter. That's literally what he was saying. Now, some of the kids are going, oh, I'm not sure that's true. Some of the adults are kind of wishing they could say that, but you know you're here, so you won't do, and you, you nod instead. But why do we argue with Jesus? Because actually he knows, because he gave it all for us. And his joy is complete, the Bible says. The joy and satisfaction that we get, that we experience in giving, lasts longer, goes deeper, makes a way bigger thing than anything that we'll ever get for ourselves. So in a few moments, as we sing, we're going we're gonna to take up the offering today. Start thinking about how much you can give today with a full and happy heart. And I'm not teaching this out of any sense of strong-arming somebody up the back and making you do something that you don't want to do. Just give what you want to give. And in fact, this isn't about Ivy being able to do what we're doing. Because today, as part of what we're doing is our Christmas special, we're going to give the offering away today to help something called the Well Project, which started out of Ivy, but is not an Ivy thing. It goes together with a Catholic charity called Caritas and with a number of local agencies. The MP for Withenshaw, Mike Kane, was meant to be here. I don't know if he's, if he's here, but I don't think he maybe is, but to receive it. But we are working together with others on behalf of people who are refugees people who, uh, who've lost everything, come to this country, and, we, and it's a great initiative that was started out of Ivy, but isn't necessarily run by us uh, alone. And we, we just think that, be, that that's a good thing to do at Christmas, to be able to give away from ourselves, not just to ourselves, because we actually believe Jesus is right. Who thinks Jesus is right? Jesus is right. It's better to give than to get, so be a giver and you'll learn to live. Now, Scrooge only had a happy ending because he learned that secret. He wanted a different future, so he had to change something today. And he said at the end of the book, he said, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. See, this wasn't just, I'm, I'll be generous once. This was, I'm going to live a generous life. So again, I'd encourage you to think about that and maybe something you can do. Rather than just giving today and thinking it's Christmas, I'll give... Could you become a regular giver to, to this church? Could you take out of the 100% God gave you, what would be the percentage that you could happily, regularly give, filling in a form? You could go and speak to uh, Rob Jackson, who's here somewhere. There's Rob. Stand up, Rob. Or Catherine Proudman, who was uh, dressed in white earlier. Who's up, now she's at the back. Talk to them about how you can regularly give. And this is also one of the reasons why we do a thing called First Fruits here at Ivy. We say, rain it in at Christmas. So you can give it in, a big gift at the beginning of the new year that says to God, I'm going to trust you 
for the whole of the rest of the year. We're going to take that, and I think it's like the second week of January next year, we're going to be taking in our first fruits offering. Just to say to God, we love you, we love being part of this church, and that enables us to do all kinds of things we could never ever do unless people decided to generously give that. The final paragraphs of A Christmas Carol say Scrooge knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. And then Charles Dickens adds, and may that be truly said of all of us. So how do we do Christmas well? By becoming more like Christ, living and loving like him. And you're never you're ever going to outgive God because John 3.16, the most famous verse in the Bible, says God is a giver. He always gives the best and he already gave the best when he gave his son so that whoever believes in him, say whoever, whoever believes in him won't waste this life away and won't waste away in eternity, but will have everlasting life starting now, starting today, the day we say yes. I'm going to finish with one word, Hebrew word, deyenu very important word for the Hebrew people. They made it into an ancient song and they would sing it. And it, and it basically says this, because the word enough is part of that word. The day part means enough in Hebrew. They said, you know, it would have been enough if God had only chosen one man to love, but he chose a whole nation. It would have been enough if God had made the world, but he made one so beautiful. It would have been enough if he'd taken his people out of slavery, but he even took them into a promised land. It would have been enough they just, they just go on and on about the things that God had gone and say, wouldn't that have been enough? Well, actually, he came and he gave even more. And if you say today that you are a Christ follower, more than anybody else, you should know what day and who means. That one of the reasons, as I say, that we're going to rain it in at Christmas and not buy 10 of them because we've got one of them and not go into debt for that because we don't want to live like that. But instead, we live freely because we can say, Enough. It would, you know, it's like it would have been enough if Jesus had just come and been born as a king to save us, but he came to a stable to serve us. It would have been enough for him to go to a cross to forgive us, but he rose from the grave to transform us. It would have been enough, but he wanted to give us the very best possible life, so he never stops giving to us. And the best life starts when you realize he is enough. He's already enough. So when you came in this morning, you were given, on your seat, there's an offering envelope. Please take it and have a look at it now and start to pray and start to think, what could I do to help a refugee this Christmas? Somebody who's come from another country who maybe has nothing. How can we show the love of Jesus to people like that? You might not have a lot. Compare yourself with somebody else. Compare yourself down, not up. And then decide what you can happily give to that. And the other thing that you've got there, while you've got a pen, please help fill in the envelope so we can identify your gift and for tax purposes. Put it in the envelope. You've also got a blank card on your seat. Everybody, can you get the blank card? Because I'm going to ask you to write a word on that blank card. Every single person, I'd like you to do this. Because I believe in the power of a word, an idea to stick inside me, especially when I, remem when I re remember it. So I'm going to do this myself and I'm going to take this card and I'm going to put it in my pocket and I'm going to keep it somewhere where I it's going to remind me. Is it time now to say enough? So just write that word enough on that blank card, enough. 
because it's not always time to say enough, but sometimes, you know, when it is, I was talking to a dad at the gym, and he was telling me he's got twin boys, sorry, a boy and a girl, twins, and, uh, and he was saying how hard it was because his seven-year-old, his seven-year-old has got a really good Xbox, but wants the brand new latest Xbox, and he's saying, I don't really know what the difference is, but I'm going to have to go and get it in. And he said, and then, and then my, and he says, and his twin sister, she's got an iPad, but she says she wants the really big iPad. Now look, the iPad that she's got, like, it's not as good as the iPad that she wants. You know what I thought? That guy doesn't need to teach his kids that way of living. What they need to learn most is how to say enough. What he needs to teach his kids more than he needs to buy them more stuff, he needs to show them when enough is enough. So write enough on the card. Put it in your pocket. Let's teach this to our children too. Perhaps one of the greatest lessons that we can pass on in this day and age is when to say enough. We can only teach it if we know it. You can't teach it. You can't go where you're not going. So how are we going to remind ourselves to say enough? Because when, when you know you have got enough, you'll always have enough. I'll say that again. When you know you've got enough, you'll always have enough, won't you? So take the card, write it down, put it in your bag, put it somewhere in the car, somewhere you're going to see it every week. And once in a while, maybe over Christmas, if the, if the Holy Spirit prompts it, when that word enough comes to mind, take the card out maybe, fold it over so nobody else can see it, and then just put it in front of you to remind myself, enough. In a meeting, sometimes I often talk when I should be listening. So I want to get the card out and go, you know what, I've said enough. Now I'm going to listen to people. At a meal. No thanks, I've had enough. Do you want another beer? Yes. Or, I've had enough. When you go to the ATM machine or the till and you're going to make another purchase, you're going to spend some more money. Maybe you get that card out instead and you say, enough. Zoe often asks me the question I need to get better at asking myself. When is enough enough? Do you need it? Do you need it? And when I realize that I've got enough, then that means I've also got enough to be able to give something away. So what else could I do with that money now? Who else could I, I help? So I'm more blessed by giving than receiving this Christmas. And I don't know what God will do with you as you let that one word, day anew, enough, go deep inside of you. But the best Christmas starts not when you get more, 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 more and more and more, but when we learn that we already have enough. So write that on the card, take a moment, actually just ask that, ask the Holy Spirit to put that word inside you, because this will, it's a big, big change when so much around us wants us just to be consumers, spenders, more, 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 more for me. Lord, would you teach me the secret of contentment so I know to live with enough? Thank you, Lord, that if I've got you, I've got enough forever and ever. Everything's wrapped up in you. 
take the time to fill in the uh, envelope and now we're uh, we're going to stand the band are going to lead us and um, we'll, we'll the offering will will go round as we do this but no rush for this please fill in the envelope it helps if you can identify that gift put it in the envelope for us and um, then the buckets come round but most important too is fill in that word on the card put it in your pocket take it with you so it's a reminder over this Christmas season great stuff the band are going to come up can we thank the band thanks for listening for more podcasts go to ivychurch.org forward slash media